Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to today's Pride Lands Podcast, Episode 2. Today we'll be discussing the book study, Change the Culture, Change the Game, with Superintendent Dr. Diana Barrera Ugate, School Board President Demetrio Garcia, and staff and community member Donna Kelly. Welcome to the Pride Lands Podcast, coming live from Kennedy ISD, home of the Pride Lands in Kennedy, Texas. We are lions, leopards, and cubs. Hear us roar. Hello, doctor. Hello, Gunner. The the doctor is in. So how are you doing today, ma'am? Well, I'm a little under the weather. So if I sound like I have a frog in my throat, it's because I do. We'll, we'll edit that. We'll add some helium to your voice. Thank you. Today is uh, one of the book study, uh, community book study sessions where uh, we are basically going over the book you adopted for the school year, Change the Culture, Change the Game, correct? Yes. So what do these book studies entail? Like, what, what is the, the, the main purpose of, of having these on, you know, uh, a weekend evening where we invite the community? Well, it started as an extension of um, the book studies we were having with our leadership team. We began with the leadership summit in August with our district and campus staff uh, leadership, and we needed something to anchor us um, as a team for the year, a focus, if you will. And so uh, we decided that we were going to read this book, Change the Culture, Change the Game, because we feel like we're at the precipice of um, really taking our district to another level. We're right there. So we want to make sure that we're doing what what we need to do. Uh, so that we can get there. And so to put us all on the same page, we started reading this book together as a staff. Then we thought, wouldn't it be great if we could involve community members in this conversation? Um, we have such rich conversation when we do talk about it. It um, We just wanted to share it with the community. We, we've had some participation and one or two people will take it. Um, but hopefully the next one will have more, more folks uh, come on board. We have a lot of things going on today. So that's, that's a conflict as well. Yeah. So today would be basically the third session, correct? Correct. Second yes. one was, uh, first one wasn't too, too crowded. Second one had some people show up, show up. We had and about we had, 13. Yeah. And this one we have four, so that's okay. We'll make do. Uh, we're going to keep pushing it out every month. Uh, look for us on Facebook, on the website and text messages. If you're a parent, especially you'll get those notifications letting you know when we're going to be having the next one. If not, you know, you can just follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and uh, more or less know when we're going to be doing this. Uh, so today we're going to be going over chapters three and chapters four and chapters five. Chapter three, uh, taking action that produces results. You want to give us a brief summary about what that, what's that, what it's about before we open it up for discussion? Um, absolutely. So when we look at change and we talk about change, we've got to know what, what it is that we're looking for. What do we want? Um, in order to have change, we have to have a change in our beliefs. And once we change our beliefs, then we change our actions. Also joining us today is school board president, Demetrio Garcia. Uh, he was one of the founders of this, this community book study, correct? That's correct. You and Ms. Barrera put this together, I want to assume during the summertime, no? Yes, that's correct. So today we're going to be going over chapters three, four, and five. Uh, chapter three is taking action that produces results. Can you give me a brief summary of what that's about? 
Sure. So when I think of taking action that produces results, um, when we talk about change, change is actually doing the right thing at the right time in a way that produces results. So when we think about the culture, um, you have to take some action in order to make a difference and make a change. Um, so that change could occur in different shifts. Uh, and when I think of shifting and accountability and what that looks like, it's really getting the employees uh, that work for us invested fully in achieving results. Um, we have results in just about everything that we do from academics to the field, but we want them to be fully invested in achieving better results. So it's this push and this shift to want to be better at what we're doing. Awesome. Yeah. So what is, what is the shift of accountability look like to you? To me. So shift, the shift in accountability, um, it stems way more than just being in the classroom. Um, the shift in accountability needs to be an investment from all of the stakeholders. So typically when we think of accountability in terms of school stuff, we always think of test results. We think, we think of star results and how our kids are doing. Um, but accountability is so much more than just test results. Uh, and shifting that means that everybody needs to be focused on the same, sending the same message, uh, relaying the same message about the wonderful things that our school is doing uh, and making sure that everybody is sharing that. Uh, and I think that we're doing a phenomenal job of getting um, uh, a very distinct, very clear, very positive image of what our school district is doing in terms of, of uh, accountability, not only in the classroom, but again, in sports as well. Um, but shifting that uh, also entails this desire that you're wanting to be better all the time. What can we do differently to get better at what we're currently doing? Awesome. So, Talking to a, a staff member and community member and alumni, of course, uh, both of you guys are alumni, correct? Correct. You too, Ms. Kelly? No, Class. I'm not alumni. No. You're not? Okay. No. We're going to stop children this. children go to school here. Class of 94. Yeah. I guess that's good enough. I have 2002, 2006, 2010. Eight. Awesome. So what... Discussing chapter three, just the, the title alone, taking action that produces results. What does that, what does that mean to you? Taking action. I just think we uh, all around being positive with our students, building um, relationships with our students. Not only, as Dimitri said, it's not just about academics, it's sports. It's also about building relationships with the students and coming in and, and making them feel that they're wanted in our community and in our school district from from the bottom to the top. You have to get every student involved and make, feel like they're, you know, they're a part of our team. We, we want them here. So, so being on the front lines every day, working in, in what you work in secondary, correct? Yes, sir. What, what shift have you seen in accountability? Um, I just see the students have a better outlook and a more positive outlook to me in the classroom. They like what's going on. They like, um, they just, they're, our, our administration is, involved and visible. They see that and the kids really appreciate that. I see in the community as far as the community, I see more community involvement, people coming to more uh, events that we have at our school. I was overwhelmed by our, one of our first football games when I looked up in the stands and like, wow, look at all the people that have come and supported our, our students. It wasn't just the parents. It was the community was there and they were full to the max. And it just really impressed me. 
So what do you think that that's attributed to Mr. Garcia? I think that's attributed to um, leadership. Um, for many years, we had a uh, change in leadership and I'm talking at the district level. And so I think that now that we actually have uh, leadership in place that is that has come here, that is willing to stay, I think that's also helping uh, an incredible amount with uh, holding people accountable and having them take ownership of the message that we're putting out together. Um, you know, there's always been a culture here in Kennedy ISD uh, in our community. Uh, but when I think of changing the culture, I think of what can we do to make it better? There's always this desire and this, this, um, this, this need and this want uh, to get better at what we're currently doing. Awesome. So uh, the doctor is in. Hey, Gunnar. How are you, ma'am? I'm good. You feeling better? I am. Something blew in or something. Absolutely. <laughs> chapter, we're, we're discussing chapter three. Now, just keep uh, keep in mind, guys, this is a round table. So, like, you don't have to wait for me to, to call on anybody. It's like, well, you know, you guys are sharing the mic. But uh, if you got something to say, just go for it. So, this uh, we're, we're in the midst of discussing chapter three, taking action that produces results. Do you have anything to chime in on? I do. Um, when I think about changing the culture and, and why we entered into this, um, this book study together as, as a team, as a district team, campus team, and now as a community team, um, the idea is when you have true change, there's a change in the beliefs and in behaviors. And before we enter into something like that, we have to know what is it that we're looking for and why? What, what are we looking for and why? Um, and so when I think about that, I think of taking our district to another level. And to do that, we have to all be on the same page. So it's creating this vision, communicating the vision, and having everybody be on board uh, with that vision. And then collaborating together, bringing other people's ideas in so that the vision becomes clearer and better. and People are actually following along. Um, so the idea of accountability um, for me, I don't like accountability, the word by itself. It just, it is scary and it just is, um, it doesn't align with my beliefs. I like supportive accountability. What that means is communicating expectations and then supporting folks to make sure they have what they need to be able to um, meet that expectation. And along the way, celebrating successes, giving people frequent feedback um, so that you're all going in the same direction and you know where you're going. And I think that celebrating the success pieces is also uh, crucial to implementing any kind of change, especially in the culture, um, celebrating the success and then the message that we're putting out in the community about the success, uh, because um We've been a part of, of many successes in Kennedy in the past, but how we approach it, how we're approaching it currently and how we're out there marketing the successful things that we're doing uh, is getting people to turn, turn their heads and really, um, really want to know more about what's going on in Kennedy, what's going on in Kennedy ISD that's, um, that's got everybody all stored up, uh, roared up, should I say. Um, and so for me, I think the celebrating the success piece is crucial because oftentimes when we think of school and school business, we focus a lot on the things that we're not doing correctly. 
Um, and I think ultimately when you want to change the culture, you really need to start focusing on celebrating those successes as small as they are. Um, but making sure that we're putting out that message to the community that we are doing good things despite what you may be hearing. So we're, we're roaring in a sense. Yes. We absolutely are roaring. We're restoring the roar. Everybody may not be on board with us and that's okay. I mean, we, we want to create a community that people want to be a part of. We don't people, we don't want people to have to feel like they have to come to work. We want them to feel like they have the opportunity to come to work every day. And so this vision and, and idea may not be for everybody. And we've had some people leave and, and, and that's okay. No hard feelings. Uh, we want people here that want to be here. And if people want to be here, they're going to come on board with us. Um, they're going to buy into, um, to our vision and because they want to be a part of it. So we have, uh, the other day we, we had coach, uh, AD Sean Alvarez on and, uh, you, you know, just as well as anybody, he has vision from, from here to Timbuktu. Uh, he's one of those employees that's fully invested in what we're doing as, as not just like in the athletic depart- department, but the entire school district. How do we get more employees fully invested into the, to the vision, to the, the, the change the culture, change the game vision? I think by, um, coming together and um this is a question for all y'all sure coming together and it's it's like what we do at church what do you do you get together you don't just have a belief and you know what that is you have to come together on a regular basis to continue talking about it and witnessing to each other about your faith um and supporting one another because as we know things aren't always um Hunky dory, as one would say, you you have peaks and valleys in life and in your faith life and also in your school life. So it's coming together um, as a family, so being willing to support each other and cheering each other on. That's what it's about. Sean Alvarez is a huge cheerleader, and as a result, there's we've seen people that had we had never known to be that. Um, animated or excited or motivated and he's bringing it out in people and um we're excited about that that's exactly what we uh wanted when or what i wanted when i was uh, thinking about this job this opportunity um and what we could do with it we want the positivity to be infectious i think that yes. that is uh, at the bottom of this um the bottom layer of this book study is actually to make the positivity infectious. Um, and I think we're getting there. Uh, but I also think too, coming together consistently and continuing to not only celebrate our successes, but also be willing to have those conversations on what is it that we're doing that necessarily isn't working, that we have to let go, that we have to replace it with something else um, that's going to keep us moving in the right direction and keep us moving towards that vision. I agree. Also monitoring our, our success, so what is it that we want and how close are we to that bar? Uh, our principals have been sharing data with our board at board meetings and it's, um, it's difficult going before the board and sharing data that, that doesn't look so good right now. Uh, and we know that it's January, um, but we have to know where we are if we um, want to get to where we want to go. And so that, that's a whole idea about getting together 
uh, getting that um, pulse check of where we are and, and looking at, okay, how close are we? What do we have to do? Just like Demetrio said, what do we have to start doing, stop doing, um, and continue doing? So we we're discussing chapter three, uh, taking action that produces results, meaning that, you know, there, there's a lot of people in not only in the school district, but the community that they do more than they have to. And eventually, you know, others latch on to the visions and the belief and the action itself. But at the same time, there's also those there are crabs that, you know, pull, pull those people that back down there. There's people right now that are in the way of the the new vision of Kennedy ISD, no matter what it is, you know, no matter who's behind it, we're still trying to push forward and be positive. Like what do we do as a school district and as a community to keep people positive? Cause right now, you know, I can look at any crowd and be like, ah, it's 50, 50 on those people who are behind us people who are just, you know, just here for, you know, just killing time or something, but more or less, like, I'm just wondering, like from a, a staff standpoint, how long have you been here? Ms. 17 Kelly? years, 17 years. Like, so you've seen, I've seen a lot in 17 years. <laughs> so what, a, what do we have to do to make sure that everybody buys in, they take action on their own? Because like, like what Ms. Barrera was saying, you know, there, there's people like, Coach Alvarez that will go above and beyond, uh, Demetrio who will go above and beyond people who are just push action into actual results. Like, but what about the people who don't? I think that starts with our administration helping us this year. We were talking earlier about they, um, they're visible. They're out in the classrooms. They know what's going on. They promote you. They, they're promoting, you know, and motivating. We can do this. We can do this. We can make ourselves better. They're working with the staff and saying, and we're doing, you know, we, from benchmarks to what, what can we do to improve? How much more are we going to do? What can we do once we see our results from our benchmarks? What is it that we need to do? The next step we need to take to get, you know, to get these kids even higher, our students. But, um, and then also our administration, they're very appreciative and they show their appreciation. And I think that keeps you motivated to want to be here and be a part of the community and, they communicate well with others, you know, I, I, hey, I like, this is what you're doing, or maybe you could do this. And if we communicate as a staff, we can help each other and okay, maybe we should try this and maybe this will work. Just, you know, I think you're doing a great job, but maybe we should try this or, you know, or you're doing just perfect. It's just, you know, you're right on task. So that's what I'm seeing in the classroom, being in and out of the classrooms that, you know, we're getting that input. When I think about that, I, I, I think about organizations, we're, we're just like kids, right? In classrooms, we identify tier one students, tier two and tier three. And we instruct those different tiers differently because they need different things. Same thing with the staff. Um, we have our tier one teachers who, um, <clears throat> our tier one teachers who um, need a lot of support. Or no, our tier one teachers are the teachers that do everything that they can to support the vision. They're cheerleaders, they're rock stars, they get everything done. Our tier two are our teachers who uh who do that sometimes not consistently. Um, and then our tier three teachers are those that really tend to go against the grain. They're not motivated, they're not um interested in 
uh, joining the team or the vision. And so those three groups um, need different kinds of support. Um, and so identifying who those folks are and then what the plan is going to be to support these folks, because the tier two, that's the biggest group that you have. That's most of the campus. They can go either way. They can be, they can be, um, um, they can be brought to the tier one or tier three. Um, and so we want to make sure that they're moving in the right direction and buying into the vision and being a cheerleader and wanting success for our students and our campus. That's what we want. We want to show off our amazing kids, all that they do, um, so that it can reflect well on our district and our community. Um, this idea that Kennedy is less than is not acceptable to me and to a lot of people in our community. So we want to change that. And, and that's how we change it by supporting people with what they need um, and bringing them on to the vision and having them join, um, uh, join the rest of the group. I think also um, there needs to be a level of transparency uh, for the naysayers because some of the naysayers might've had an experience that uh, was not a positive experience. And so from that point forward, they will find anything and everything that we are doing wrong. Uh, and I use air quotes with the word wrong, but I think being transparent is something that's occurring now um, as a board trustee in my ninth year. I mean, I've had principals and administrators stand before me and, and share results about benchmarks and everything was always very positive. And then at the end of the year, we would get results that were indicative of along the way, we weren't necessarily being as transparent as we needed to. And I think now with the leadership that's in place, they're having those crucial conversations and so those naysayers are now, they actually have the opportunity now to actually see and hear what truly is going on. And I think that's going to help move some of those people over to our side um, in terms of promoting that, that, that uh, vision and that message of, of um, our culture changing for the better. One of the things I've, I always talked to Dr. Brer about was uh, uh, creating antibodies uh, basically within our school district and our community. Yeah, when you first said that, I thought, tell me more. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, I was just more or less just thinking like, you know, eventually you're, you, the system itself becomes more immune to the negative people. Uh, the more uh, positivity we spread, the more uh, energy we spread. And we continue to do things like not only the right way, but a different way. Some, something, you know, with a little bit more pizzazz, uh, a little bit more energy. Cause I mean, for the most part, you know, a school district's a school district is a school district. You know, how many more times can we cut this apple up? But if we can do it like in a way that in, engages more people and gets them excited, you know, they, they join in on the positivity. Eventually it rubs off. And I think we've seen that a few times where, you know, there have been some negative people, but they kind of just, Eventually, since you've been here, since we've been working on this image, since we've been working on a lot of things, so they, they basically alienated themselves from the new group, the new class that, you know, that's more, right. more on board of what we're doing and the system has antibodies now. So now, not only, you know, they, they really just have nowhere to run like they used to. Uh, I'm not going to bring exact examples, but I've seen in the past where, you know, there was classrooms where you know, there was negativity being spread right. and, and there was a lot of, well, they're not doing this right. You know, there, there's a lot of, there's just toxic toxicity 
Yes, and I, I know that it's well. It's like a tumor. Yes. <laughs> and because of, of, of from what we've, we've been, I guess what we've been doing as a district, not, you know, like we in this room, but as a district and how we've been promoting and pushing everything, it, it's kind of dwindled down a little bit. And I think, I think you've adopted though, I, I think as an administrator myself and being in education for 20 years, I think... Um, I share the same philosophy with Diana because uh, I know that she's in this business to help people grow and we want to support them. We want to see them grow. We want to see them do better and we'll do whatever we can as a board, as a superintendent, as a district leadership team to offer that support. And if that's not doing it, then we'll see you go. So we right, grow right. you or you go. Our administration this year has been phenomenal. They have already gone in and given everybody, all uh, teaching staff, their um, uh, evaluation. So they've gotten they've gotten feedback, um, which is really important. In in the past, there's been um, times where principals wait till the very very end of the year to give somebody their evaluation, then they want to non renew them. Well, this poor person didn't know that they were doing anything wrong. So of course that's not going to be possible. Um, so the idea is giving everybody uh, consistent feedback on a regular basis and support if they need it. If any names come to the board in April, when we you know take names to the board, if any names come to the board that um, principals want to non-renew, um, I know that if it gets to that point, we've done everything we can with these folks. I can say that with confidence um, because I meet with the leadership team with campus leaders on a regular basis and hear from them. I know who these folks are. So I see what they're doing. I hear what they're doing. Um, so we truly want to work with folks. I agree. And from the board's perspective, um, that hasn't always been the case. Uh, again, I think just being transparent and giving us the giving us the, just the bottom line. This is what we're not doing well. This is what we need to improve upon, but not masking anything or sugarcoating anything because um, as Gunnar said earlier, I mean, a school district is a school district is a school district. They all have their issues. They all have their concerns. They all have things that they're working on. Um, but for me, um, we're never going to see anything get better until we actually confront the truth and we're, we're willing to do something about that, to take action, to make it different. Um, and that's why I think is a, um, a big, a big change uh, that we've seen with the leadership that we currently have uh, at our central office, starting with our superintendent. In looking at chapter four, identifying the beliefs that generate the right actions. Um, I think it's important to revisit our, our vision on a regular basis and to measure how we're doing. So in order to do that, we have to be honest with the team, have honest conversations, crucial conversations with our team, but most importantly, have crucial conversations with ourselves, uh, really be reflective about what we do and what we say, <clears throat> because everything that we say and do as, as leaders. And I can talk about myself as a superintendent, everything I say and everything I do communicates who I am and who the district is and what the district is, because I represent the district. And in many cases, I represent our community. It's a huge responsibility. Um, and so in order to do that, I've got to be reflective on a regular basis to, to, um, ask myself, should I have said that or done that or done it in that way. Um, and is that really what I wanted to communicate? 
And so it's, it's really being intentional about, um, about my actions, intentional about my words, um, and, and really trying in earnest to stay aligned with the vision. And I think as a board, as a board president and a board trustee, um, we mirror that as well. We want to make sure that we uh, are staying focused. Uh, and when we make a decision, although it may not be a popular one, uh, we've had discussion, we've collaborated, uh, we've talked about it, uh, and we make a decision that's what that's in the best interest of our students. Um, and when I was a, uh, a campus administrator, I used to always conduct faculty meetings with my staff and I would always have a chair that was empty and I would always try to center our conversation on the child that's picture a child in that chair. What decision would you be making? What conversations would we be having if one of our students was in that chair? And I really think that when I, uh, when I conduct a meeting and I'm leading a meeting, um, for our school board, um, I still have that same mentality and that same notion and idea. If a student were there, our actions, they're seeing what we're doing. They're seeing what we're saying. Uh, and we want to conduct business in a professional way. Um, although we'd love to see more community out there at our school board meetings, uh, the audience usually uh, is our administrators and people that we're recognizing. But I do think that uh, part of that change also has been just the the consistency that we have put in the practices of conducting the meeting and also um, how we collaborate together to make sure that we're always keeping the student in mind and always making a decision that's in the best interest of our students. It's interesting that you mentioned the idea of that empty chair. So um, we have started inviting students from our uh, Kennedy Elementary School to lead us in the pledge. Um, so those students are are selected by the principal and by teachers. And the reason that I started doing that, number one, is because we used to do that at Somerset ISD. Um, and nice of course little they, plug there. Nice little plug for an amazing board, um, an amazing superintendent, and even more amazing instructional services team. Anyway, I digress. Um, but the reason that we do that is so that we can remember we're here for the kids. That is a visual reminder. You see those little kids with their hand on their heart saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, loud and proud. It gives you chills. It's such a simple thing, but it's a reminder of why we are. That's why we exist, to educate these students. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I think also the piece that we talked about earlier about acknowledging them and recognizing them, not just having them show up because they were selected by their principal or their teacher, but afterwards, after they've done uh, what they've, they've come to the meeting to do and led us in that pledge, we give them a certificate, we take a picture, we put it on our website, uh, you know, we show that what you've done for us this evening is important and we value you being here. So it's not just something that they can check off the list and go home. We acknowledge that they were there and that they took part in, um, they played an important part in uh, conducting our school board meeting. I think that is important. And the kids, they, they reflect back on that and they, they feel like they're part of the, the team too. They're getting to be involved and getting to be a part of our school board and seeing how does this all come together? Where does where does this start at? And who's supporting us? Not just our teachers in the classroom, but people people that are in the community too. So, I th I think it's a really good thing to have them involved in our in our board meetings. Just uh, FYI, uh, we almost lost that first portion of the podcast. Was, oh no! Yeah, I was able. Did to you get it? I think so. I was listening to it a second ago. I hope so. Cause that was a good 20 minutes worth. <laughs> if not, we'll have to take two. 
So we're ready to talk about chapter five. Yeah. So, uh, providing experiences that instill the right beliefs. You have uh, a summary. This is huge. Well, this is a it's, huge chapter. It's it's doing what we do that is in alignment with what we believe and and who we are and and who we want to be. Um, the the first bullet here is is pretty um, pretty amazing. It's huge. We provide experiences for everyone around us every day, whether we realize it or not. That's huge. Again, it's everything that we say and do and engage in that speaks on our behalf. And so. What's an example of that? Is that referring to like, do you, when somebody walks in a room, do they? uh, Yeah. When someone walks in a school, they experience the climate of the office. So I've had people say, those people up there are rude. Who, who do you have up there? And I've heard people say, oh my goodness, those people are just so nice. They're positive. They're smiling. They ask how they can help. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. It's both of those things. So we want to make sure that everyone has a good experience when they come you know, to our school, mm-hmm. when they have a conference with a teacher, we want to make it a good experience. And so we have to be intentional about that and, and plan those out. And again, keep uh, referring back to, is it in alignment with um, our mission, our values and, and our vision? And I think that intentionality uh, is so important because uh, the second bullet that we actually extracted from the, the chapter talks about the experiences that we provide, create the beliefs that people hold. So I think that being intentional with that type of um, experience for individuals will help spread the message that they experience something positive. Uh, and again, I'm a big believer that we're the most important person that gets the message of what we're doing out there. So the experiences that we provide for people that come to a board meeting on a campus to a game, um, that in turn is kind of like, um, a little spark that gets other people going and they go out and they say what, what a wonderful experience they had or what, what, um, how they were treated, um, at the office, checking in, uh, at the gate when they were paying their money, what, whatever it may be, that experience helps to ignite and spark, uh, good beliefs, uh, that people will latch onto and that will help potentially get those naysayers that, uh, might've not had such a good experience in the past, realize that, Hey, what's going on? Something is different over there. Uh, I want to be a part of it. Right. We, um, we recently had, uh, somebody at, um, an out of town game. Uh, tell us that they wanted to know what we were doing in Kennedy ISD because they were seeing a different group of kids. The way they performed um, on the gym floor, the way the audience, the fans were, that that was really surprising. But they said this was not the norm. Usually they had to come and uh, that's why they had police when we were there. I I find that very um, odd for me because I haven't seen that, that level of... uh, fan excitement, if you will. But, um, they said that it was very, very different. And they said that it was just very refreshing and how we carried ourselves, how we played the game and how we even encouraged, uh, the opposing team members and helped them up whenever they were down. So it's, that's great to hear. And again, that experience that they had with us, that is going to create in their mind who we are. Absolutely. And that's a result of the experience that the students are receiving exactly the the reason why i think i do a lot that i do is because i had such a horrible experience 
in as, school? In school. Yeah. When I was younger, of course. So like producing like a better environment and working with people who are excited about doing that, it, it's, it's, it means a lot, you know, and, and in fact that that's more or less like, you know, why you're up to like 1030 every night working on stuff and same with me, like just making sure that the experience and everything that we're, we're trying to get on, on past 1030, you're, you're being generous. We will text each other late into the night. I'll have an idea or Gunnar will have an idea. He sent me something over the break. We're starting a podcast. I said, are you kidding? I love it. Yeah, it's just, And that starts a conversation and we go down that rabbit hole for a while. Here we, and are here we are in episode two. That's episode right. Two, that's yeah. right. So the, the user experience, I mean, coming in from my background, that means a lot. That's, that's a broad statement, user experience. Plus uh, you're a parent. You're plus create, I'm a parent. You're creating yeah. this for your kids. Exactly. Like I, I just want to make sure that, you know, the fun stuff that I got to experience, they get to experience. And uh, that's part of like, you know, like this, this past year, my wife went above and beyond producing a Halloween dance, like little things like that, like a Halloween dance. Like people don't realize how, yeah, how fun that is and how much these kids will cherish it for, for years. You know, I remember when I was in junior high, we used to have them, them Halloween dances. It's not something they, they, you know, appreciate now, but they will later, but Oh yeah. They'll talk about all these things. The experiences and in like what you just brought up about how they, how they act on the field and, Coach Alvarez mentioned in the previous podcast how, you know, they act at restaurants and stuff like that. It's, it's, we are feeding these kids. We are planting little seeds in these kids and, and, you know, they're, they're turning into to really outstanding citizens. And in some way they're going home and they're training their brothers and sisters, and you know, sometimes even like their household. Well, it's, and it's our job to do that. It's our job to model what we expect as administrators, as parents, as community members, as staff members, as students, we have to model what we expect. And if I expect students to be respectful, they have to see me being respectful a hundred percent of the time, not just when it's, when it's easy and, and when it's nice. Um, what, what about the, the negative experiences? Let's not be like, you know, just positive like because we experience as negative things you know whether it be in this campus or a previous job in the school district like what are some negative experiences that you you you've had can i can i jump in so i think uh i think when i think of a, ne- a negative experience that we've had as a district or um just a negative experience in general i think from that are you willing to actually say something to counteract that. And I think the culture at one time was not that way. The negative experience took place and people didn't say anything to counter that. They kind of went along with it and for whatever reason, didn't want to um, clarify things or say, Hey, this is not right. This is our school. This is our district. These are our kids. Um, I think they just fed into that because it became such a norm for a while. So I think a piece of that negative experience has to be the desire to be willing to stand up to the individual or to um, whatever's coming against them to say, Hey, that's not right. Here is in the a professional, respectful, in a professional, way. respectful way. Well, I, I had a, a specific example. There was some chatter going on um, Facebook and, um, and this, there was an individual that was really speaking ill of, of one of our teachers. <clears throat> and so I know this individual parent 
and um, I messaged her and asked her for a meeting. I want her to come to my office so we can talk about it. And she came in a little defensive. Um, and I explained to the parent, I said, you know, because the, uh, the parent said, well, I, I was very upset. You know, whatever had transpired, she said she was very upset and and that she probably didn't really mean to, you know, to say that or to come across that way. And I explained that she really did come across that way. And, and I told her that before I was uh, applying to come here, I was looking for stuff. I wanted to find out about the community. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of social media. There was some, not, yeah. not a whole lot. Um, but I told her, I said, had I seen that thread, that conversation um, that you started and other people contributed to, that would have turned me away. That's scary to know that people are going to openly bash teachers or staff members or, um, and so I explained her how hurtful, um, that is to the person, but most importantly to the culture and the community. Yeah. People don't realize that this is going to be like either episode four or five, I believe, where we're going to be talking about things like this, but people don't realize that the internet is forever. Like mistakes are forever. Things that you say, you know, it's worse than written in stone because this can be copied and pasted 500 million ways. And so like what you post online is, is very, uh, I mean, you really got to stand by one of the things that I get to do. I know we got to wrap it up, but one of the things that I get to do as a superintendent is, um, talk about our, our, our district and our students all over the community. I'm involved in different organizations and clubs and whatnot. And, um, that's a platform for me to share the good news. Um, and it's, it's anything and everything. There's, there's some organizations that there's a line item that says, okay, Dr. Barretta, it's your turn. Tell us what's happening in the school district. So that's my open forum. And I just go all the way. Um, lately I've had people that, uh, have been sharing good news at, at Rotary, for example, uh, one of the organizations I belong to, um, and they were sharing about how great it is to be a part of Kennedy. They were proud of um, all the good things that are happening. And they're hearing from other people that people are noticing us. And I hardly know this person, but this person felt the need to share that with the whole group. That's awesome. That really, it's not social media. Most of these folks aren't on social media. Newspaper. So, yeah. Word of mouth. <laughs> Barbershop. Beauty shop. Right. So, so this is, you know. This is our social, this is their social media. Yeah. So, you know, to that, I say, we just have to keep spreading the good news and, and being loud about it and, you know, modeling, modeling what we expect. So we talked yesterday, uh, or the other, the previous podcast with coach Alvarez about some of the things that he's doing, some of the things his coaches are doing, some of the things elementary is doing. There's just a lot of things going on that we're, do we're trying to change the culture. Uh, and we also discussed briefly about the evolution of the culture. And one of the things that, you know, everybody, you know, it's a cliche statement. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. Our culture is not going to change overnight. And like we stated in the previous podcast, you know, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't dead. It's just something we're, we're trying to, to bring a new energy to it and, and just take it into a new direction, new energy. I like to say elevate. Elevate is the word I was thinking. Elevate of exactly. the culture. Just elevate really bring it up to a, to another level. Because once we get to that level, yeah, we're going to keep going. We're going to want more and more and more. 
There is no end. That's, that's a, that's a wonderful thing about a culture. You never get to where you want it to be because once you get to where, uh, you had that vision, you're going to keep wanting to go further. Yeah. You don't want to become the status quo. Absolutely. It's like fashion. Right. Shirts change. It's infectious. You want right. to just want to keep going. Keep so going, we want better. this, this culture, we want to build a culture of positivity, of energy, of achievement, um, and of innovation. And I think we're doing a lot of those things and people are starting to take notice. Um, this podcast, I don't know of another school district, um, that is doing a podcast. I, I might find others, but I don't know of another district that's doing this. So we're not afraid to innovate. We're not afraid to do things that people haven't done before. Um, and we're not afraid to do it because we will do anything in the name of, uh, advancing our kiddos. Absolutely. Amen to that. Yeah. And this was all set up just as another platform to, to show off for the, for the kids, you know, it, to share the good news. Yeah. The, unfortunately this podcast, we're going to be, it's going to be like an organic flexible structure that we're going to be doing, you know, one week or one episode is going to be, you know, all the achievements that the students are doing. And the next uh, podcast is going to be similar to like what we did today. It's basically a discussion of, of, philosophy of what we're doing as administrators and as staff members. I want to hear from the kids. Yeah, I was definitely. just about to say that ultimately I think what, what would really take, what would really elevate this podcast to another level was actually to have the kids, um, <coughs> the kids do it. Yeah, we have, we have about four episodes of, awesome. of, of kids already. Uh, oh, already? Excellent. Yeah. I just have to go through it cause they, they went from conspiracy theories to star if Wars. They feel it. Do they feel a change? I, I wonder. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think in the I next, I don't talk about, I don't talk about the change quote unquote, but, but I've heard that people see it and feel it. Um, staff members and things, you know, members of the community have said that before. I wonder about kids, but how do you ask kids that? Yo. Without sounding like, yo, did it change? Yo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's one way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely I don't want them to think that they have to give me the right answer. I just want to hear from them. Yeah. Just having a very organic conversation. Yes. Well, we can start with kinder kid, kindergarten kids. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh. they're the best. They're honest. they're honest. Yeah. That video of video at Christmas time. That Christmas video. Yeah. I was about to was, say that was awesome. I enjoyed yeah. that. Well, so. thank you to Donna Kelly and Demetrio Garcia for joining us um, in this conversation. You're very welcome. And to Gunner for being the most amazing facilitator. See, I got to end it right there. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you for coming in to the Pride Lands podcast, episode two. Demetrio Garcia, Dr. Diana Ugarte, and Donna Kelly. Stay tuned for episode three. Appreciate it. From the Pride Lands, this is Gunner signing off. Thank you.